the Los Angeles Rams getting absolutely raided by the COVID bug, a bunch of starters testing positive, closing down the facility. What does this mean for the team? Going back to this game, Los Angeles Rams, Arizona Cardinals, who stood out, the pass rush, the offensive line, the secondary, and of course, week 15, Los Angeles Rams, Seattle Seahawks, pivotal matchup. To find out more, listen to this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Kremenjas. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams Podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen. This episode is sponsored by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. And for those that have frequented this podcast, you guys know exactly what's going on here. It's another Wednesday episode, another Victory Wednesday. We'll call it. Let's stretch this one out a little bit longer. My man, Brad Motter, on the other line. Brad, before we dive into this game and some of this breaking news, which we have a lot to get into here I want to quickly ask you, my friend, how are you doing? How did you enjoy that game? <laughs> Feeling great. And like, I even posted on Twitter, like, I'm like stunned, right? I was stunned watching this, like, as it went through. And you kept waiting for obviously the onside kick, got all of our hearts. <laughs> like, that's what you expected. Like, oh, we're going to find a way to, you know, choke this one. But man, they, they did it. And they went in there, and you're going to talk about some more news around the COVID situation, but they went in like undermanned under, you know, underwhelming kind of walking into this game, the just not expecting to have this type of performance backs against the walls in this division, as far as staying alive and they fought it out. And so it was fun to watch. And I just, I, it was uneasy at times, but at other times this offense looked like what it was supposed to be, what it was the first eight weeks of the season. So seeing these guys start to click on both sides of the ball, I mean, you can't complain, man. And, and to hear it from especially the Cardinals and, you know, you you said it in that week leading up in the crossover it with probably one of the greatest crossover episodes I've said. I said that on Twitter, but if you guys didn't hear it on here and if you haven't heard it, I'd say go back. It's still worth listening to. And they asked you, hey, are they a Super Bowl contender? And they gave you an out. They gave you multiple times. No, they're not. <laughs> and we proved it again in that game that they've got a long way to go. They're still a really good team, but the Rams are a really good team too. And, and the one nugget I want to drop before we get kind of moving here is I saw this, this was Rich Hammond. Many people have kind of tweeted this out, but the Rams clinched a fifth consecutive winning season. Last time that happened was in the late 70s. So if you think this team is struggling and they have been down, look around the NFL. We are a really good football team and we've been a really good football team for a long time. So you got to take that into consideration. Got to be proud. Obviously expectations insanely high right now, but this Rams team showed up to kind of match some of those expectations. It was good to get a win on Monday night football in front of the nation. All my haters that text me every day, they were <laughs> pretty, pretty quiet on Monday night. And I enjoyed the silence. Yeah, all of a sudden their phones are dead, right? And you yeah, got battery yeah. for a month straight. And all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, sorry, man, my phone broke. I, I had to get yeah. a replacement. So joking aside, I agree. I mean, it was great to watch a win on primetime. The Rams go out, outmatched, outbattled. Like they had no reason or no actual legitimate possibility to win this game. And yet it felt like they dominated. Like it was a seven yeah. point game. I get it, but it felt like it was like a 10 or 14 point game, really, to be honest with you. And uh, if the Rams are fully loaded in terms of having their whole roster there, it might have been a 14, 17, 20 point win even. Who knows, really? So 
we got to dive into that. There's a lot of news right now coming out of Rams camp. Not good. I'll tell you that to just preface it. There's a lot of players that have tested positive for COVID-19 and were placed on the COVID reserve list. Now, we don't know for sure which of these guys are false positives, which guys are actually, you know, COVID positive, but it's a long list. So buckle up here. Safety, Jordan Fuller. Defensive back, Tyler Hall. Wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. Terrell Burgess. Bryson Hopkins. Juju Hughes. Alaric Jackson. Sebastian Joseph Day. And tight end Tyler Higby did miss that game with a COVID positive test, actually ended up passing a negative test, and now he's good to go. Apparently, he's out of his designation. So this is kind of the issue right now, right? It's like crazy. Do these guys have COVID? Do they not? And if they don't, how do they get out? Basically, what I know as far as it goes is every one of these players, according to head coach Sean McVay, is vaccinated. So they have a bit of a different standard in terms of how they can get back to playing football games, and they need to pass two or have two negative, you know, COVID tests or whatever you want to call them, PCR tests. I don't know. I'm not a doctor in a 24 hour span, and then they can be considered back and good to go. So some of these guys maybe, you know, theoretically speaking, ready to go for this next game in week 15 on Sunday. Some of them might not be, we don't know. We're going to have to keep our eyes on this schedule really throughout the rest of this week. Obviously you don't want to go into this game, missing all of these players. That's yeah. half your roster. Like they were already down six starters, I think in this past game. And now you go, you know, into another divisional game, another divisional rival Seattle. Yeah. Their season's probably over. Let's call it what it is, but they're not going to act like that. Like they yeah. can still theoretically speaking, make it. So they're not going to just bow over or, you know, bow out. We'll say, and uh, give the Rams a free win here. So there's going to be a high atmosphere there. And exactly what the Rams went into this game with, this past one with the Cardinals, you talk about, you know, having their back against the wall. The Seahawks are exactly that, except 10 times worse because their season's on the line, not just the NFC West title. Yep. Yeah, and they, who doesn't want to play spoiler in your own division, right? You want to knock off a team. You want to be able to, you know, we went into their house, picked up a win. They want to come into our house, pick up a win. And they're kind of probably licking their chops saying, hey, these guys are riding this high off of beating the number one team in the NFL. Let's go in there. They're not expecting much and let's smack them in the face and let's see what happens with this COVID stuff. Let's see what team is even put out on the field. It does make things interesting as far as scouting for this game, trying to figure out who you're preparing for and things like that. Also good news, at least in this is, is this is early in the week. We're finding out on Tuesday about all this. You yeah. mentioned the two positive or negative tests and getting back into the kind of the mix there. So they've got, you know, a handful of days, five plus days here um, to get healthy and try to get back or hopefully get guys like Jalen Ramsey. It's almost like a rotation, right? Like a, a pit stop. Hey, you guys come on the COVID list. You guys are back in the game and rotation and in a weird way. If that, I don't want to say helps the Rams, but puts this mentality of like, okay, we've got to step up. We've got to make some plays. Cause you saw from those guys that came in guys that we've been very critical of. And even a couple guys I'd never heard of, right. That got their first <laughs> call up to the bigs and, and we're, forced right into action play, yeah. you know, facing some of the best in uh, football in, in DeAndre Hopkins and, and did a pretty good job. So um, I don't look at this as an, as an early excuse in any sense, because obviously we just proved we could do it in this, in this form and fashion, but is it fun and what you want? No Rams played great against the Cardinals and we're just going to have to pack it up and do it again here against uh, the Seahawks. And we didn't get to sweep the Cardinals this year, but Hey, we got a chance to sweep uh, the Seahawks and we might as well do it. My, Three and a half wins in the division is still on the table here, Sosa, as we do our bets. And my over, I think over 11 for the Rams. All those are still on the table. So I'm rooting for every stinking win we can get. We also need it for the division. So uh, they just got to take it one week at a time. And whoever's out there, obviously we saw it last week. They can go win the football game.
Yeah, you can't count this team out. I mean, after what we just saw, they could go in there with like 10 healthy players, not even field 11 guys, and I would still feel confident at this point just because this team's clearly ready to fight. They're ready to yeah. scrap. They're not going to, you know, bend over and just, you know, get ready to accept this L. Like, that's not going to happen. This team is clearly built to last, I think. And like you mentioned, obviously, it doesn't help losing a lot of your best players. The Rams are about to go through a rough stretch in terms of opponents. And let's just call it what it is. This team can still get the NFC West. They can still maybe get, you know, a first or second seed. It's not likely, I'll tell you that. But they can get the NFC West. And if they Weirder things that, have happened this year, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, as long as they can get the NFC West, you still get a chance to go play a home playoff game. And that's a lot better than going on the road, you know, to Dallas or something like that. You would rather play in L.A. So that's going to do it for the COVID talk. Thank God, because that's a lot of players. Hopefully we'll keep you guys updated throughout the rest of this week. Uh, we're going to keep our eyes on who comes off the list. Is there any more players that go on this list? The Rams shut down their facility. Everybody is working from home, I believe, for the next two days. So, you know, hopefully they can kind of limit this little spread here. Of course, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at Locked on Rams, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and on YouTube at Locked on Rams. And you guys know that by now, Super Bowl 56 is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, it's the only place that you can score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You can select exactly where you want to sit and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, might be a Rams legend there. Not going to guarantee it, but I heard that there might be five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit on location exp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. And you guys heard me talk about it at the beginning of this episode it's a great clothing apparel company called Stance. They make active apparel and they got a lot of cool different designs. You guys heard me talk about it pretty much all week. They got plain stuff, probably a little bit more my speed, but they got a lot of different stuff too. Like I've talked about their Wu-Tang Clan tees and Star Wars, The Office, all these different kind of things. I'm a hip hop head. I think Brad can attest to a little bit of hip hop head in him as well. Oh, yeah. Kind of our generation there. We like that kind of style, man. I don't know that 90s hip hop, New York, something like that. Even West Coast, I'll ride with it. It's all good. These guys take care of you. I got some stuff from them. They make everything you can imagine from hoodies to socks to anything in between. I mean, super comfortable, stylish. People ask you where you got it. You tell them, go check it out at Stance. It's obviously a company you probably never heard of, but I'm telling you, you will not regret it. All you have to do is go check them out. And, you know, Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in and that those who feel good do good. So go see it yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Super comfortable, stylish clothing. Use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. Now, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. Brad, we'll pick up with where we left off. And I think before we dive into this Rams Seahawks game, I feel like we could talk about it for 47 minutes just yeah. on its own. Uh, I kind of want to go back to this game because I still haven't really gotten 100% of your clarification, maybe, you know, in terms of just what really stood out to you. I got some numbers from PFF that I definitely want to kick into here quickly. Three topics. The pass rush, they won. We talked about it on last week's episode, really all week. The pass rush needs to win. Those four guys need to dominate this game. They did exactly that. Number two, the Patrick offensive line, they did their job. These guys held up uh, two backups, you know, right tackle, Joe Noteboom, center, Coleman Shelton. Great job from these guys. They held up three sacks, a little bit more than you'd like, but still all in all solid. And the secondary, also a patchwork unit. They're missing a bunch of corners. They're missing a bunch of players. 
stood up and held up in this game. You want to go back to this pass rushing unit. Aaron Donald, 14 total pressures in this game. I said 15 initially, which it was. It got stat corrected to 14. It's the most of any single player in a single game this season. He's the best player in football. I don't know what else to tell you. The guy is special. But you look at Von Miller, nine pressures in his own right. Leonard Floyd, eight pressures. Greg Gaines, three pressures and a sack. Like, these guys balled out. They all stepped up in this game. Uh, and, of course, Aaron Donald led the way. He was literally unblockable like he typically somehow always becomes. Um, these guys dominated. Dominated. They gave this defense a chance, especially some of those corners on the back end. The Rams were missing Dante Dion, Jalen Ramsey, Robert Rochelle. That's three out of their top four corners. They were literally starting guys, like you mentioned, who they signed on the practice squad or from the practice squad to the active roster that day. They literally find out that day of game day that they will be starting games. That is hard uh, situation. What a crazy day. Incredible. Yeah, no, and, I mean, and, you got to give them credit. And that's, that's really the storyline as you're talking about the pressures. This was the defense that we saw last year that made it so easy for that secondary or easier mm -hmm. for that secondary to get those turnovers, to get those sacks when they're, when they're getting those pressures. And you could tell Kyler Murray was uncomfortable the whole game. How many times did he throw the ball either, 10, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, running for his life, running almost <laughs> out of bounds, making plays that still impress us and are just wow us. But they had to tell him, like, they put him in a position where you got to make an amazing play because we're all over you. And if we can keep that type of pressure, it really doesn't matter who is behind them because as a quarterback, you're not accurate. You're not throwing at your first read or your second read. You're, you're running for your life. You're thinking more about where am I going to go and try to just get this ball out without being tipped or getting a pressure um so that defensive front really really helped that defense and allowed those guys behind that are basically learning on the job to have a little bit easier and, and to have to kind of not have to be so perfect and then you saw kind of the emergence of you know d will who we saw last year really take off he kind of seemed to one of the announcers said is like he's getting more and more comfortable within this game he just seemed to kind of get his swagger back in that game. And it was fun to watch. I can't wait till we get number five on the other side and then kind of take that to the next level as we continue to get healthy. But that defense was incredible. You talk about the O-line. And, and the big thing about that to me is, God, did we beat up the Rams organization for not going and adding depth to this O-line? They kept saying like, hey, we think we already have it in-house. And we're going, I don't care about you know, Coleman Shelton and, you know, all these other guys that are, are these, you know, Joe Noteboom who were, you know, you're questioning like, what is his long-term stance on this team? Well, it's filling in when we need places to fill in and showing that he is kind of a right tackle or left tackle moving forward. Whenever Andrew with work decides, Hey, I'm 62. I probably should, you know, <laughs> hang him up. But um, it's just, it was fun to watch and see, you know, you're thinking coming in this game and I had friends again, as we talk about asking, Hey, what do you think today? And I'm, you know, saying I might look at that Cardinals minus two if I were you, because I don't see how we're going to do it with all these injuries. And the fact that they came in and I'm halfway through the football game going, oh, wait, hold on. What's up with our O-line? Like, I, we got different guys in there. Like, it, it didn't even connect because they just, they were able to hold so strong there um, and really kind of give an opportunity for Matt Stafford to do some things. And then really just Matt Stafford doing Matt Stafford things, right? He had an incredible ball game. Cooper Cup finding Odell Beckham. They're starting to pick up a stride there. Um, they made the big plays. You, you mentioned kind of in that fourth quarter where Van Jefferson just had a really bad drive, you know, yeah. put us back multiple times. And what do we do? We just went and found Cooper Cup for 18 yards, found Cooper <laughs> Cup for 22 yards, and like just got those chunk plays back that this offense like 
needs and lives off of. And then Sony Michelle is looking in the rear view and seeing Daryl Henderson there because he is taking over that number one spot because he is a grinder. There was not a lot of room for him to work. And you mentioned you called out the one it was third and one or third and two. And he basically fought it on his own. And he's doing that every time he gets the ball. And that's an attitude that your offense line is going to yeah. just pick up on and go, I need to block harder because my running back, I gave him nothing and he found his way into that first down. So that's that energy that just picks up and that goes to the defense, man. They're banging out there on the offense, man. They're showing us up. We got to go out there and put that energy to it. And, and you kind of heard the announcers kind of talk about it as Arizona made this kind of slow move to try to get back in this game that they're picking up off their defense and building that energy, but the Rams did it all game and they did it with a bunch of guys that, you know, really, us preseason, we're doubting. They need better offensive line. We better go pick someone up in free agency. And the Rams said, nah, we're going to go get Odell Beckham and Von Miller. Like two positions that we were felt pretty good about. Yeah. And they added depth there. Um, and I just got to give it again to the organization. Um, all the noise from outside, all these podcasts, all the national media. And they went and stuck it to the Arizona Cardinals, a 10-2 and two ball club um, in the division on the road in a – I don't want to say must win, but a win that you're going to need if you're building confidence to go into the playoffs. Now, as we go back to that basketball analogy of seeing the bucket go in, that's yeah. two in a row, man. We're starting to, you know, I go back to NBA jam. He's heating up. They're going to pull up <laughs> from half court, half court and do a, 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 you know, a Curry move here soon and just, start, you know, hopefully blow out the, the Seahawks. But man, this is a dangerous football team. And this year, as we said earlier, probably one of the weirdest NFL years I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. anything can happen yeah go ahead be the number one seed let's see if you make it out in your first game because this is weird and, and if arizona somehow finds themselves in, in the one seed i would almost want to play it because they're three and three at home like they're terrible at home i don't get it but uh the rams look really comfortable in this game and it was good to see but all good things i'll smack the special teams one time too donnie <laughs> hecker's got to pick it up our special team's got to pick it up uh let's not put a linebacker on the hands team. I appreciate oh. maybe he's got good hands. I don't know, but that's not the guy I'm signing up. Cooper cut back at the 40. You mentioned it. I was blowing my mind. The last piece I want to say, cause you touched on it and I'm glad you saw it. Cause I was cracking up. Cooper cup converts that third down, picks up the defender and like in the disrespect, but the, the sweetheart of Cooper Cupness was like, let me help you up. But I just kind of toast you for another first down. Same guy that he beat him in the corner for the touchdown, which was the underrated almost touchdown of the season that he was able to snag that with the, the kind of pinpoint that Stafford put there. But as he helped up that defender there, he almost didn't let him help him up all the way. Cause he, it like clicked in his head, like, Oh God, he owned me. Now he's helping me up. And he like <laughs> stayed in the hunch position, but you called out yesterday. I had to double dip on that. Cause I was dying. I went back and watched it a couple of times when it happened live. And I'm just like, Cooper Cup's the dude, man. He's just, he wants to be everyone's good buddy, but then he's going to torch you on the field, man. What a great game. The best way to say it, respectfully disrespectful. Yeah. Get up, <laughs> little butt top, little head top. Good playing out there, buddy. Good yeah, play. try again next time. It, it ain't going to work, time. but you can try. I appreciate yeah. your effort. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. Seeing Cooper Cup come to life like that, it just does something to you. This guy is so good at football. It is crazy. You cannot guard him. You cannot guard him. And it feels like every time... In every game that they've won, there's been one situation where it's like, oh, no, they need a conversion here. And Cooper Cup gets 37 yards, not just a conversion. Like, the dude is incredible. He's having an incredible season. And you talk about the O-line. I mean, Joseph Noteboom, only three pressures allowed in this game. He played good. Austin so Corbett, good. two. Coleman Shelton, two. David Edwards, one. Andrew Whitworth, goat, number one. 
one pressure, one pressure. This guy's 40 years old. He's the only 40 year old left tackle ever. And the, the secondary, I mean, guys like David Long, I mentioned him. He stepped up in this game. Initially, he was only handed 11 yards given up in this game, uh, according to PFF. But that number was stat corrected to like 20 yards. He gave up 20 yards on like 10 targets in a game where he's guarding A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, all these other dudes. I posted the clip on Twitter as well where he goes uh, with DeAndre Hopkins on like a deep crosser kind of thing. And uh, perfectly timed pass breakup. I mean, such a good rep. You really start to see these guys build this confidence. And not like just that. How many that. times have you lost your job in real life? Yeah. And then a week later, they're like, hey, you want to come back and perform at an elite level? Like yeah. the mental like bounce back of that is so impressive to just be like believing in yourself, doing the work, getting in there. And you're right. That play that you're shouting out right now was incredible, right? Like step for step, D-Hop is on a different level, creates a little separation, but gets right back in the pocket doesn't make contact right at the ball. Like just picture perfect. Like Jalen Ramsey mentioned he was watching the game at home. You know, that got him up on his feet, yelling at the TV saying, that's my boy. And that's the other thing about this team. Hey, you got let go as far as like your position here, but this team is weirdly coming together where um, everyone knows that they've got a role on this team, whether it's going to be starting this week, you know, filling in next week and to see the support from some of these veterans. And that's what's dangerous about this team. It's a veteran team that's been to the playoffs minus Matt Stafford. But <laughs> for the most part, this team knows how to go and win some of these tough games. They showed it on Monday night and it gave us this energy that we have back here to go. You're right. We could be anybody in the NFL, but they got to do something next, which we're going to talk about here soon. Let's go out and slap the Seahawks and not take a step off here and go, Oh, we're playing the Seahawks. They're, they're not doing anything this year. Still Russell Wilson, still yeah. a divisional opponent. They're coming in town. We better go smack them or else this game really doesn't mean anything. These divisional games are always weird. You look at the Rams undermanned, knock off the Cardinals. The Seahawks, I'm sure, could do the same thing. I'm not going to bet against the Rams. Let's call it what it is. We're all confident right now. We feel great. And you talk about everyone supporting everyone on this Rams team. That's what I think is so special about this team right now. Everyone's fighting for each other. I share a little uh, stat tidbit, I guess, from David Long's game last night. And every damn player on that team was damn near retweeting it from the Kendall Blaine's awesome. to the Terrell Burgesses, the D Williams, like everyone. I mean, everyone was sharing it. Everyone you can see just the love that they have for each other. It's so awesome to see. And that's why these guys are going to war for each other, battling for each other like that. It's great, great, great stuff. Of course, Brad mentioned it. We're going to dive into this Rams Seahawks game, talk about our prediction, things to watch, matchups to watch, all that good stuff. Before we get there, make sure to tune back in tomorrow for our crossover episode. Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, going to join me for the second time this season. This time, we're traveling to LA SoFi Stadium. Before we get there, though, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Or, you know what? It's actually even better than a candy bar because it tastes like one, but you're not going to have that same guilt you get from eating a candy bar where, hey, all of a sudden those pants are starting to get a little bit tighter. You might have to size up on that waist, not with the protein bar here, not with the built bar. Low in calories, low in fat, low in sugar, low in net carbs. And guess what? They're high in protein as well. You get the delicious flavor and you also get a healthy bar here. So many different flavors you can choose from. You can have a hard time choosing, to be quite honest with you. Raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. Haven't tried that one, but I'm pretty sure that that must taste so good. Built Bar is going to give you that little extra boost you need. If you're going to go do that holiday shopping on the 24th, like some of you will, even though I know you know you shouldn't, you're going to still do it. Take a built bar with you, throw it in your back pocket, throw it in your jacket, your purse, whatever the case is. It'll help fuel you for the rest of that shopping trip. If you don't like protein bars, go try out some of their marshmallowy treats. They're called built bar puffs. Very different texture, very different flavor, all very delicious as well. I've actually tried those. Can't go wrong. 
If you want to check it out, go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And thank you guys for always making us your first daily listen here. For your second daily listen, go check out Lock on Bets. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Now, Brad, you know what time it is. We're back here. We did this earlier this season. And I think earlier this season was a little bit more, you know, moving parts. So it was kind of harder to predict. We didn't really know where the Rams were, where the Seahawks were. How was Matthew Stafford going to play into this rivalry, we'll call it. And it's going to be hard for us to really predict here as well. Because, again, we mentioned in the first segment a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID stuff. We have no idea who's going to be available to the Rams here. But I want to dive into this. Some of the matchups, maybe, you know, some of the things you kind of have circled here. Is there anything you're looking out for in between these two teams, the Seahawks? Back against the wall, season on the line, Los Angeles Rams, still a little bit of pressure here. I mean, you talk about the Arizona Cardinals. They're playing the Detroit Lions this week. I don't mean to disrespect the Lions, but it's probably going to be a victory for the Cardinals. And the Rams are still a game back. They're still trying to fight to go get that NFC West title. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's survive this week, get the win, and then next week we got that opportunity as the – uh, Cardinal schedule gets a little bit tougher yeah. and I'm, I don't have the schedule in front of us. I, can try to I think, think they got the Colts next week. They got the Cowboys. I think after that, And then who do we have after the Seahawks? I haven't checked. I'm going to guess maybe Baltimore. I was going to say, I think Baltimore is one more game. Cause I feel Minnesota? like we, we had a, maybe it wasn't, I thought we had more of a layup after this. Maybe the Seahawks were the layup that I was thinking of, but we got to <laughs> get through them because here, they're on a two game win streak too. I mean, here we it's are the Vikings. Hawks, the Vikings. Okay. Who is like this? Who are the Vikings all season, right? You know, know. (laughs) as we talk about like feeling bad about who the LA Rams are, take a look around the NFL. You'll feel pretty good about yourself real quick. (laughs) Look at the Vikings for an example. Um, You know, but the Seahawks, as I mentioned, on a two game win streak, they beat the 49ers who smacked us not too long ago, who continually smacked us over the last couple of years. But uh, and then the Texans, which is kind of that, as we mentioned many of times, that get right game for them to be able to kind of go and get a big win. They won by. 20 something points. And now they're on the road, back-to-back road games for them. They're starting to feel some momentum. And I think really it's do exactly what we just did against Kyler Murray and just slap that on copy paste and put that into this game plan and get all over Russell Wilson. Like he has not been comfortable all season, right? He's still dealing with that finger as much as he wants to say he's healthy or not. Um, It's still an issue for him. And it's still probably in the back of his mind somewhere. DK Metcalf has just been totally underused. And if that's a point of even forcing it to him, that's not working um, or not looking his way at all. Um, Tyler Lockett is still a guy that has really over, you know, the last handful of years has been a really tough matchup for, for the Rams. He always seems yeah. to find a way to have big games. I mean, thinking back to him just lighting up uh, Marcus, Marcus Peters, Peters and, and, you know, that, that ball right over the fingertip that I see, you know, he's ran in for a 70 yard touchdown, but yeah. um, that's the guy I'm worried about. And then them just trying to commit to the run game, which we seem to have on lock right now. So it's pressure up front from those guys uh, making Russell Wilson uncomfortable, copy paste that game plan from Kyler Murray. Cause as much as Murray tried to get outside, it was four yards past the line of scrimmage and he was tucking out of bounds. Cause he didn't want to take that hit. And Russell Wilson might be a little bit, more silly there and try to get a couple extra yards, but man, we got to hit the quarterback when we get a chance. We got to get those pressures. 24 is what you said or something ridiculous like that. (laughs) I don't expect that again, but let's get some double digits up there and let's put some pressure on them. That's going to create the turnovers. If you look back to that game against the Cardinals, what did we get an opportunity to have is the ball in great field position and, and kind of, 
you know, stopping points and really making those big plays. So that's going to be important. Um, and then it's just offense continue to build off this, right? Hopefully we get guys back like Odell Beckham because he's gone, what, three games in a row with a touchdown now or, yep. um, you know, looking to make it four. So hopefully we can get him back. I think I saw um, our buddy Jake Ellenbogen tweet that, um, every single game that Cooper Cup has a touchdown, we win. It's like if we can get Cooper Cup a touchdown and a lead by halftime, it's almost uh, impossible to beat us. I mean, with with statistical proof is showing that be the case. So maybe yeah. a first half Cooper Cup touchdown to take the lead and, and this thing should be golden. But uh, really, in all seriousness, it's just working these things out and continue to go and and let Sonny Michelle beat him up. Like, let's win the clock battle. Let's not go and... And, uh, you know, play that game where Russ Wilson gets extra possessions through turnovers and things like that. And then the last thing, and this kind of reared its ugly head again, right? Thinking back to that, um, you know, fourth quarter drive where the Rams are up seven, they settle for the field goal. Great. We're up 10 points, but getting a touchdown there and making it 14 points makes that game almost where you, you stop trying on the other side. Um, and I think those are the type of things as a championship team, you need to put away a team when you get an opportunity. So if there's an opportunity late in this ball game to make this a two possession game or make this a 14, 15 point game, we got to be able to execute that. We can't let an onside kick come back and get us. We can't get, um, these late touchdowns or a big play that went over the head. You talked about, uh, Raheem Morris trying to play a little softer zone to make sure things stayed in front of him. We almost let up a big play at the end. So it's really closing out a game, especially against a team like the Seahawks. So I know I hit every kind of category I there, and I'm, I'm at this ranting moment right now. Our third segment, I'm always just loosed up, ready to go. But um, you got to go and smack the Seahawks. That's plain and simple. I want you to talk to Corbin on this crossover and him just to already submit and just go, look, <laughs> you guys are going to beat us up. And and that's the mindset we got to take into it, that we're winning this ball game and and we're going to go and prove it, not just by record wise. Yeah. You know, we, we need a Houston Texans kind of crossover. Here, yeah. man. Let's, <laughs> let's just get this game done with. Let's move on to next yes. week type of scenario here. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like that. It's, the Seahawks are a good football team. I think they're much better than their record. Agreed. indicates. Obviously, you know, you miss your quarterback for X amount of weeks. You're probably going to lose a lot of those games. So yeah. unfortunate for them. You know, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. But at the same time, I still do think they are better than they look. But the Rams are just a lot more talented. And you hit on a lot of those different vectors there. Um, I'm going to dive into it here real quick. Week 15 is coming up, Brad. We did our schedule breakdown series. We both have W's locked in here. I'm going to pass it over to you. Tomorrow, I'm going to share more of my insights here, more of my yeah. score prediction. But this segment's all yours, my friend. You got a W here. Are you changing it? No. And, you know, I think it's a, I think it's another double digit win for the Rams. Like it's gotta be, if you come off this big win, you gotta keep this momentum going. This is a really beat up Seahawks team. Their secondary is not very good. Um, looking at that defense from what we've seen in years past is just not the same. I mentioned guys like DK are just, I don't want to say a non-factor, but have not been um, pivotal in any of the, the games this season to where at least you're, you're noticing from abroad. Um, I think this is a, 35-20 game, 35-21 game. Like, it's got to be multiple scores. I think maybe if we play that soft zone again to finish the game and just kind of get out of dodge with a win, that you'll see Russ kind of put up some late points. So maybe it's a little bit yeah. closer. But this should be similar. You talked about with Arizona. We dominated that game. Like, the score doesn't show it as much, and, and there can be some debate there as how we closed it. But – in all aspects for three and a half, four and a half quarters, like that was us all over. And I think that's what's got to happen. I think that's what we're going to see. So big win for the Rams. I think they stack this win. Like Arizona stacks the win. 
we reset next week and see if we can get some help out, out in the NFL and really just continue to take care of our own business. Yeah, we're going to need the Seahawks at some point to uh, knock off the Cardinals. I think that's the best way. I kind of started playing around with that playoff schedule uh, machine kind of there with the ESPN playoff predictor or whatever yeah. they call it. Uh, and I think that's like the one key that the Rams really basically need other than, you know, a Cardinals letdown, which is or meltdown, we'll call it, uh, which, you know, is probably not very likely to be quite yeah. honest with you. So, yeah, uh, they either need to lose two games or yeah. a game in the division. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and game in division would make it a lot easier. But hey, man, they got the Colts. They got the Cowboys, Cowboys and, you know, Jared Goff fired up. You never know. Right. Uh, Jared, give us one more. Come man. on, bud. One more. One more. We paid you a lot of money yeah. this year. You didn't have to play for the Rams, man. One. That's all we need. I know Kristen Harper wants that W. So let's get it done this week. Let's get the Rams on top here. That's going to do it for this episode. I agree. Copy, paste. You play Russell Wilson two times every year for the past decade. You've played Kyler Murray a lot of times. These guys are similar. And Russell Wilson a little bit slower, but probably a little bit better of a passer right now as well. Very similar guys, though. They're making plays outside of the pocket. You have the formula. You've shown it to us many, many times over the past decade. So that's going to be a great episode. Make sure to tune back in tomorrow. It's going to be a crossover episode. Myself, Locked on Seahawks host Corbin Smith. It's going to be a good one. We'll see ultimately where, you know, the teams kind of lay and match up right now. What the advantages Rams have, some disadvantages, same for the Seahawks. It's going to be a good all-encompassing episode. Just a reminder, you guys can come connect with us on Twitter at QB's MVP, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at Locked on Rams, and on YouTube at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episode content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.